Welcome to the Sword and Song Podcast. Here, Montana pastors Jonah Barnes, Ted Sutton, and Flynn Ayers discuss issues that build up the church and defend her from the enemies of the faith. That the glorious gospel song will be heard throughout Earth's remotest bounds. We are welcome back to Sword and Song. And uh, once again, um, this is uh, Pastor Flynn. I'm with Pastors Jonah and Ted. Hey, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, brother. Merry Christmas. Christmas is in, in full swing for everybody. And we got Christmas Eve services and Christmas Day services and weddings happening in Billings and all kinds of stuff. It's a It is a... Wonderful, wonderful time of year. The Lord is is merciful and and uh, gracious, and what a it's just uh, adds to the celebration. And we're and on top of that, we're getting good weather. <laughs> yes, very good weather. In fact, so I, people can I, actually people can actually drive to our Christmas Eve service without it being you know. <laughs> well, so far things could change. Things could change. You're right. We're 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 only we're still a few days out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I don't know what it is for you guys, but it I think it's forecast to uh, snow on Sunday for us. But oh, okay. I don't like every time I look at it, it looks less and less each each time. So I'm I'm doubtful as to whether we're we're going to get snow on Sunday. So yeah, I forget we're we're definitely quite a few hours apart. Montana's a big state, right? Although I do remember at last year's conference, uh, Jonah, where uh -huh. we we drove to Helena, and the entire time it was raining. The yeah. like from where we were to where you were, just rain. So it did seem like there was a a huge cloud over a good portion of Montana that right. was just yeah. That was a, that was a large storm system. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> well. Uh, the topic for our episode today to get us get us into transition into our into our topic here is the incarnation appropriate for Christmas. Obviously, that's what we celebrate: the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, in His birth. And and of course, there are massive implications to the incarnation, and something we could do a uh, you know. You name the number, a 30-part series <laughs> uh, <laughs> on, on just the incarnation, but we are going to cover it in 45 minutes. So um Ted, Ted is um, um is now being given the reins to lead the <laughs> to lead this to lead this discussion. And so and, Ted, I'm gonna turn it over to you. And any Christological errors and heresies fall on Ted's feet. Yep, it's your responsibility. It is your responsibility. Uh well. Oh, with that introduction, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, brother. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks, uh, guys. I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, in God's providence, um, we we finished uh, Daniel like I don't know two months ago, um, and then moved into a three part series on hospitality, uh, and then in God's kindness, uh, started the gospel of John and we started the gospel of John right, uh, during Advent and, and Christmas. So, um, I have been preaching through John's prologue 
Um, and it's just been uh, absolutely amazing um, and glorious to, to walk through and preach through um, all that, that is here in, in John's prologue. So for our listeners, the, the prologue of John is, is uh, verses 1 through 18 uh, in the Gospel of John. Um, and that's that famous, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God on that opening section. And then in verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So again, uh, two very uh, theologically rich uh, passages of scripture. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we're, we're celebrating uh, the incarnation. We're celebrating the birth of Christ, which is uh, the word becoming flesh. And uh, so for this, this podcast, um, I thought we would think about uh, the person of Christ. What does it mean that the word became flesh? What does it mean uh, that God became man? What is the incarnation uh, theologically? And then um, what, what, some, what are some implications uh, for the fact that, that God became man? And so maybe let me set the, the scene for us, the, the, um, for, for kind of our conversation moving forward. Um, the early church for probably what, maybe the first 600 years, um, uh, give or take uh, of the church really battled, um, uh, battled a lot of these, these issues concerning, uh, the Trinity and, and then that kind of morphed into some, some clarifying Christological issues. So one of the very first controversies that arose in the early church was, uh, specific to the relationship between the father and the son um, and what that relationship looked like. Uh, and then pretty, pretty soon after that, that morphed into, well, what do we do then with the person of the son and how do we clarify and um, yeah, clarify, you know, the, the particular natures of Christ and the one person of Christ um, and so you you've got those debates that that really did take uh, shape uh, pretty early on in the church, and then it, uh, expanded into you know well into the uh, sixth century, uh, being codified in, in creeds and things like that. So um, so maybe that will be kind of our our place to start. Um, would be thinking through you know what what is the church's understanding of of the incarnation and what happened uh in the incarnation so we'll go we'll start there well sure yeah you meant yeah i guess i'll go i'll i'll go first jonah and you can jump in um yeah if you're talking you know uh yeah absolutely correct the um in the early centuries of the church you know uh, unbiblical doctrine concerning the deity of Christ was surfacing and the classic, the big one uh, early on, there's several, but the big one early on was Arianism with Arius, who basically, he taught that Jesus was not eternal. His, his phrase was, he actually, I didn't know this until years, um, a few years ago, um, my wife was doing a poem on Athanasius. She did poems on Athanasius and on Augustine and on, um, uh, uh, 
Patrick. Um, and so we did a lot of work on, we did a lot of, you know, research on Athanasius and uh, Arius. Uh, his big phrase was there was a time when he was not. Mm -hmm. But apparently he turned it into like a jingle, almost like a commercial jingle. It was like a song that kids could sing. <laughs> he was the consummate advertiser. Um, this this so, is why uh, Santa Claus slapped him at the Council yeah, of Nicaea. That's right. Yeah. yeah. For those for those of you that don't know it, what, what Jonah is talking about, there is a tradition that, that uh, uh, Nicholas... Yes, the St. Nicholas right. at the Council of Nicaea punched Arius in the nose. <laughs> a little different version of Santa than we get today. Mm -hmm. So, um, But yeah, so, and then, um, er, of course, Athanasius was the um, hero of orthodoxy who taught that Jesus was eternal, that he existed from all eternity. And, of course, the, the Nicene Creed reflects that doctrine. So um, what does the church believe, you know? Uh, we can read um, the Nicene Creed is uh, is a nice, succinct, succinct because, you know, succinct is good, but the problem with succinct is that, you know, there were people who could say the Nicene Creed who began to develop also unbiblical doctrines. <laughs> mm -hmm. They can wiggle out of it. Yeah. Yeah, they wiggle out of it. And so it's my understanding, I'm, I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say about the sixth century. It's my understanding that really it was the definition of Chalcedon in 450, 456, that was kind of the definitive, you know, statement of the church uh, on the deity of Christ and the nature of the incarnation, the, the, co mm -hmm. the, 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 the you know the fact that he's one person and has a human nature and a and a uh a, a, a the godly nature um and what's interesting with chalcedon that's another good thing to read but what i get with chalcedon is that you know we don't we can't and this is challenging i think for for us in our scientific world but we on the one hand, it's totally obvious. We can't fully understand, we can't fully comprehend God. Right. If we could, then we would be God. <laughs> uh, there, there's things that are above our pay grade uh, in terms of, of how this works together. And so with Chalcedon, you know, with the early centuries of the church, the way I like to describe it is that we get boundaries. <clears throat> we know we can't, we know, you know, and, and a lot of the heresies were like, emphasizing one over the other he's either all god and he just looked like he was human right so he didn't actually have human flesh okay we know we can't go there or um he was too human he was like possessed possessed by god in some way you know possessed by the spirit of god kind of like if you think about demon possession he was like possessed like okay no we no, we know we can't go there um you know, fully man, fully God in some way, you know, in, in some way, shape or form, there's all these boundaries where we know we can't go. And so what we get in the center is the definition of Chalcedon. I don't know, Jonah, is it, do you, you want to add anything to that? And I don't know, again, I don't know about the sixth century. I think there were some councils that, that confirmed those things. And certainly um, the Reformation, uh, many, many, many years later, a thousand years later, uh, confirmed the, yeah, the, that, doc, I that doctrine. Have, I may have jumped 
uh, jumped over. Yeah, five, five, six. Um, th there were some things later, later on, um, icons and things like that that were right. Uh, specifically related to Christology and Christological issues and and things like that. But yeah, Nestorius. Um, I can't remember the dates of these guys. Nestorius, Nestorius, and, Nestorius and, and all of those debates. Uh, if and you can correct me, Joan, if I'm wrong. I, I believe uh predated um calcedon um and okay okay uh, and things like things like that but yeah i think uh you know you brought up um flynn uh calcedon or calcedon however you want to pronounce that um and and the way that the creeds you know even the nicene creed uh have formulated uh their understanding of, of christ one of the ways that I, I think is helpful um, is to think through kind of a, a high-low high Christology. Um, high, uh, meaning the, the creeds all formulate their understanding of who Christ is um, by first understanding that he is the eternal son of God. He is the second person of the Trinity. Um, and that's where they all start. So if you look at, if you read Chalcedon, if you read the Nicene Creed, it all starts with the eternal Son of God. Right. Uh, it's, very, it's very important to get the order right that God became man, not that man became God. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's even, and, and by the way, that's not, um, that's a biblical understanding. You see this in John 1, the prologue right. of John. You see this in in uh, Paul's um hymn of Christ in Philippians 2. Uh, you see this in Colossians 1, 15 through 20. Um, it always begins with the eternal Christ, the eternal son, the word of God, the word of the father. Um, and, and that's actually what the incarnation is, the incarnation of the word. The word, um, the word uh, takes to himself a human nature um and he does not uh, in taking to himself a human nature he does not uh lay aside anything that he was before which is uh true god um but rather assumes to himself humanity assumes to himself a human nature body and soul um so that's and then so you have the you have the high and then you have the low uh, and then the high again is that um, when he assumes to himself a, a human nature, he does so so that he can uh, truly live, uh, live in obedience to his father, uh, die, as Paul says in in, uh, in Philippians. Um, he he became man. He humbled himself uh, to the degree that he died on a cross, and then. God exalted him above every knee, above every tongue, above every, um, you know, yeah, above above everything. Uh, and so you see that elevation, that exaltation, so that high point uh, where now Christ, as the last Adam, um, is um, is exalted ab above every every name. Yeah, in in his Godhead, Godhood and manhood. Yes. Yep. In the as flesh. the, as the, the one person uh, in two natures, right? The one yeah. one person yeah. who who is uh, has one hundred percent God divinity, one hundred percent humanity. 
Yeah, the, the incarnation <laughs> and the ascension are at the fulfillment of Psalm 8. When yep. for a little while God made man lower than the angels, but but no more. Now man is elevated above the angels in Christ. There, there's a man who supersedes the angelic hosts. A, a man, flesh, dust of the earth, elevated above the hosts of heaven. Right. And and we united with him. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it's interesting oh. that uh, one of the problems that with incarnation, well, there's several um questions that we that we have problems? We, we can get talking those about problems? Well, problems, problems with problems that we, we think, oh, well, how could that be? So, for example, you know, God is eternal. How can how can he be eternal in his flesh? You know, things like that. We don't have to get into we don't have time to get into those things today, probably maybe a little bit. But um, how does he you know, and then the questions of how does he lay You know, the scripture says he laid aside his glory. How do you do that? You know, we don't we don't we don't know how you do that. <laughs> we, right. God didn't God didn't consult us. We state what um, it is. Sort of yeah. God is three in one. Father, yeah, Son, right. Spirit, one God, three persons. Right. Exactly. And, and to go try to go farther than that will lead us all down different trails of heresy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And we affirm but one of the things, one of the things that people forget that is biblical, I think, about Jesus. So like we can relate to Jesus. He's human. You know, in in the in the gospels, it's Christmas. It's a baby, a baby has been born. We can relate. Um, but the scripture clearly says. And I think people forget this, that he created the world, that right. the world was created by him and through him and for him <laughs> through him. You know, all things consist of him. Um, we usually I think a lot of people usually attribute that to some kind of a vision in our heads of what the father might look like. But it specifically says that the second person of the Trinity. Of the word, you know what was there at creation, all things are created by, and in him, all things consist and in th things are being held up by the word of his power. I mean, um, all that's in like, Colossians and Hebrews. And that might be helpful to realize, to realize that, oh, oh yeah. Jesus was around like before the foundation of the world. And it, there's scriptures that say that too. And John, uh, you, and you'll get there as you know, uh, uh, Ted, but later on, I think it's in the end of John, like even in the high priestly prayer, maybe, or right before that in 16, 17, he says, he talks about the glory that he had before, you know, the foundation of the world, the Lord, the father loved him before the foundation of the world and the father sent him into the world. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's, that's the high priestly prayer. Yeah. So in 17. Yeah. In Athanasius's work on the incarnation, you can, Maybe I'll I'll link a PDF to it. You can, it's really it's really good. He makes a he makes lots of connections. What we would call paradoxes about the incarnation, divinity and and infancy, and yeah. how omnipotence and impotence meet in one person. And he has this great line where he said that um, God the Son had his life sustained by the mother's milk which he made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's absolutely right. The the right. omnipotent creator of the cosmos who puts the planets and the stars in motion was this, was given into the care of mere humans that he made. Yeah. Yeah. And like that kind of stuff right there just blows my mind. <laughs> and and that's the whole point, right? Right. Your mind should be blown. 
your mind should be blown and you should laugh. Like Chris, Christmas and the incarnation is, and I mean this in the best possible way, is the absurdity of the world. Right? It it absolutely does not make sense to to man, to fallen man. That God right. would do this. And it's it's just it's just great. So yeah. And there's a humility there, right? Cre- there's a there's a humility and a submission that um that is there for us that is freeing it's very freeing you know instead of instead of uh trying to determine how all this is possible um there is here is the word you know and it's funny the word the scripture does this all over the place it doesn't go into great detail proving anything it there's declarations right <laughs> and they're to be believed or to not be believed. <laughs> it doesn't spend a lot of time, the scripture, the Holy Spirit through the scripture doesn't spend a lot of time trying to trying to prove things to our intellect. <laughs> yeah. I think, which yeah, is a good I, thing. I think, I think kind of a, an example of that is, is how, uh, how easily the New Testament um, writers um, could be thoroughly monotheistic because they're Jewish, you know, monotheistic, um, and yet um, easily uh, affirm Father, Son, and Spirit, and and how you know, I mean, it just it it didn't take a lot of um, you know algebraic for, formula to to do this. It just it was just believed and received, and and the Spirit working through that. Um, uh, through the the apostles to understand how how both are 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 true. Um, one of the one of my questions maybe that we can think through now would be, um, well, let me let me go back. So one of the and this was this was front and center with respect to uh, Cyril of Alexandria Alexandria or Cyril, however you want to pronounce his name. Uh, and Nestorius um, was the understanding of of who who was what was the proper identity of of Christ? Who was Christ? Right when so when you looked at Christ, when you saw Christ, when Christ walked and lived and 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 did all the things that he did, um, what was his identity? Um, and the uh, the orthodox position that was codified in Chalcedon was that he the the person is the person of the son uh, the divine person of the son took on humanity so that uh, properly speaking we could say things like God died or hmm. God was born and so you have you have a uh, statement in chalcedon uh, where mary is called the mother of god uh the theotokos um and so you know i don't know about you guys but i i see a lot of these kinds of discussions pop up during this season where you know um can we call Mary Theotokos? Can we call her the God bearer or the mother of God? And I think both of those terms are, are legitimate terms uh, to define 
uh, that word theotokos. Um, so this, maybe we can throw that out there. How, how are we to understand that term? Can we, can we um, confess that in Chalcedon or should we take an exception to that various place in Chalcedon? What, what does that mean? Um, and, and how do we think through that? Well, I, I think we can affirm it um, with with um, qualification, you know, of what that means. So, like for example, you know, the announcement of Gabriel, um, you you will you know you you will be give birth to a son. He will be called Emmanuel, which is God with us, right? So, um, I think in that sense we can understand she's a the God bearer, um, in the sense of Jesus' humanity. But yeah, if you you know. If you, um, I like what Jonah said, or actually, I guess what Athanasius said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is one of those, this is one of those, uh, uh, what, what did you call it, Jonah? My brain's uh, not Paradox? Par this is one of those paradoxes where uh, if you just take the word God bearer and then run with it, well, then you're going to get heretical. But if you understand it in turn in the light of Gabriel's announcement, um, well, then we, you know, then we're, we're on solid biblical ground here. Jesus is God, mm -hmm. and He was born <laughs> in terms of His humanity. Right. But, yeah. okay. but when you you know, and there's all kinds of heresies that come out of that, right? So you know, then you know, Mary, she's the God bearer. You know, that's pagan, right? We get pagan. Pagan theology always has a mother god, mother earth, mother somebody, you know, that's a that's a pagan concept. She and, and in Roman Catholicism, you know, you begin to get the doctrine of, well, I guess she must be sinless. So you have the immaculate conception, you know, of Mary and mm -hmm. um, all kinds and she of becomes you know, a co -redeemer. Yeah, she becomes a co-redeemer. You try to figure out how to get her in the Trinity, which is obviously automatically not possible. <laughs> it becomes a quad. Um there's all kinds of problems with that. It's utterly pagan. But if you are okay with the paradox and stick to the scripture, right. then yeah. Yeah. It's a what didn't Nestorius reject the idea that at the moment of conception, Jesus was the God man? No, I, I don't know. I don't I think. Remember. I think Nestorius said he was, he was conceived as a man and later on divinity came to him, I think. Where we would say, yeah. we would say that at the moment of conception, uh, Jesus is the God Man. Yeah, yeah, it, it's um, so. So in that sense, Mary is the Mother of God. Right. It gets serious. I mean, yeah. In, in many respects, what Nestorius was doing, and and I think there's been some some decent uh, scholarship on uh, Nestorius as well, and and thinking through really what is referred to today as, as Nestorianism and whether or not Nestorius himself actually held to, to what we think of um, as that. I, I do think that, that one of the ways that this did get kind of flushed out a bit was with respect to Nestorius's denial of calling Mary the mother of God. Um, what he said was what Mary gave birth to was the human nature of christ right and so then so then that again the the technicality there would be well the human nature of christ isn't a thing um it's not it uh, apart from the person of christ 
who is the word in fl in flesh. Like, so you can't you can't say that uh, uh, something of Christ, like his human nature, did something apart from the union of that nature in the person. Right. Uh, and so that's that's where you get the understanding of Nestorius teaching a two a two person Christology, right? Yeah, to, to relate it to the Trinity again, you know, we say that we believe in one God and three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? There, there's one God, but three distinct persons in the Godhead. And yet we also proclaim that all of God does what all of God does. Yep. So the coming of the Son, the second person of the Trinity, was not a separate action apart from the Father and the Spirit. Yep. Right. Right. All of God does what all of God does. And the same thing's true with the personhood of Jesus in his humanity and divinity. You can't separate them. Um, they're distinct, but his divinity is not separated from his humanity, and his humanity is not separated from his divinity. He is the person of Christ is the God-man. Yes. There was not a point um, at his conception where he was just a man waiting for his divinity to come. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a like a, a human person and then then the the logos, the the you know the word indwelled him. No, it was there was no humanity that was ever uh apart from the assumption into the person, uh the divine person of Christ. Um and yeah, there there's there's mystery there, but there's also something utterly profound and and glorious in the understanding that um you know all those things that you said athanasius said right the infinite becomes finite the uh, the majestic becomes uh you know a crying baby i mean there, it, it's profound it's absolutely yeah. amazing yeah the incarnation is the greatest um weapon against gnosticism amen Right. right. The goodness and, of the created world. And Gnosticism right. is is on the rise. Um and in the in the church. In the church. Yeah. 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 In the church. So uh yeah. well maybe that will be maybe that's a good um segue into um uh, some implications um of of the incarnation. And yeah, maybe we can just kind of start there. I, I don't know if our listeners would have a uh you know, general knowledge of Gnosticism or not. And, and that, that can be its own, <laughs> that, that okay. could be its own for uh, Gnosticism, but, but maybe let's <laughs> kind of push that out a bit. How, how is the incarnate? Well, what is Gnosticism and how, and how does the incarnation um, completely and utterly uh, obliterate uh, that understanding of, of things? Yeah. But, so, not, go ahead, Jonah. Uh, the original, Heresy of Gnostic. Well, Gnosticism is in every religion of the world. Uh, the, it's just in broad strokes. There's a, a more defined, particular form of Gnosticism in the early church that's uh, that flows out of this and into everything else. But it's the it's the understanding that um, the inner life, the thoughts, and the discernment of your heart are the only thing that matters. Um, this world is created in bondage, and the purpose of salvation is to escape. Um, it, it rears its ugly head when we say things like baptism doesn't do anything. 
you know, because yeah. because water is a created thing. Water belongs to this earth, uh, it, and it's just a symbol of something. But what matters is the inner, the inner being. Um, or, you know, the psalmist says, "Come and let us kneel before the Lord our Maker." And the Gnostic Christian says, "I'm kneeling in my heart." <laughs> right? Those um, Plato, uh, not uh, uh, Plato, is a great Gnostic. Right? In in the heavenly realms. Uh, uh, separated from earth are the realities and this this earth is a shadow of the reality so i'm i'm talking i'm standing at my desk and plato would say in the heavenly places there is the firmness and reality of a desk in which my desk is a shadow of the the real thing is in another place in another world uh, and that that kind of greek gnosticism has really crept into the church earth is not my home you know, we're going to heaven, and it's a denial of the resurrection eventually. Um, and is it, who is that lady's name? Edie? Mary Edie? The Christian scientist lady? What was her oh, name? Edie, Edie Baker. Yeah, Edie ba Baker. Uh, Mary, Mary, uh, Mary. Uh, for Mary example, Baker. she's a Christian Gnostic. Mary Baker, Eddie. <laughs> Mary, yeah, that lady. Something like that. And she said, for Christmas, instead of giving gifts to people, material, material pleasures, Christians would do better to ponder truth and goodness, mm -hmm. right? So it's that's the that's a Gnostic thinking where you're separating truth and goodness, separating that from the material world of what is true and good, right? Um, and so, how does the incarnation kind of blow that out of the water? Uh, for example, when Jesus is born, the angels proclaim peace on earth and goodwill toward men. So God didn't just ponder peace, and he didn't just think about goodwill. He gave a gift. Yeah. You know, he gave a real material, physical gift for the peace of all men, for the goodwill toward men. Um, it'd sort of be like telling your wife that you love her, but uh, never showing her. Right. <laughs> you, you don't, we, I don't need to put a ring on your finger. You know, you know, I love you. We, I don't need yeah, to take no you out on our anniversary. I told you I yeah. love you. Just think about think about the words I said, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. never showing yeah. that love. Um, and then also the, the Gnostic tendency is, um, you know, from these prison bars I'll fly away. Yeah, you know, and the creation is bad. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. I was going to be much shorter. Go ahead. Physical bad, physical bad, spiritual good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you were much better. You were much better. Way, no, way better. that's a great summation of Christian Gnosticism. You know, well, well, it creeps into everything. So people, uh, Christian Gnostics say it's sinful to drink a beer. Right. Beer, beer is bad. That's Gnosticism. Yeah. And, we, and this happened sin in the is church. Bad. <laughs> yeah, right. Sin is bad. It has happened in the church too, right? I mean, to be holy throughout, you know, as the, as the centuries went on to be holy, there was a sense in which, um, uh, you know, it was it was very um, you know, ascetic practices came into yeah. place. You know, uh, you to, don't to be don't, holy. You don't, don't eat this. Married. You don't touch that. You don't get married. Don't have sex. And even even yeah. even even <laughs> sex within marriage, right, was was seen as bad or lesser, more less spiritual in some way, shape, or form. Which is how um, you know the the doctrine in Roman Catholicism of uh you know priests not being it's priest, uh, priestly celibacy came into came into play um and uh yeah and you forget you i mean again 
Jesus created the world. And it's interesting. I mean, if you look at the world, I mean, God, as much as I, so I, I'm, I am a child of Gnosticism, unfortunately, because that's, we, this is the we, world we I grew all up are in. in some degree. <laughs> and when I watch shows like All Creatures Great and Small, if you guys don't know what that is, that's an old uh, veterinary show. Um, it was really good. You should read the books. But yeah, I know I should read the books. But, you know, the first episode I'm watching and, you know, uh, James Harriet, you know, has his arm completely inside a cow. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be like that. I thought this was going to be some kind of other show, you know. But. You know, God made all that stuff. He made birth the way birth was supposed to be. He made sex the way sex was supposed to be. It was all his idea. Right. And it's good. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah, fermentation you know, came from the mind of God. Stuff. Huh? I said fermentation came from the mind of God. Fermentation. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there's a sense in which God is very earthy. <laughs> and know? that's. This is why that's, we eat at communion. That's, he doesn't say just ponder communion. Right. Eat, eat bread. bread. Eat bread and drink wine. And it is my body and my blood. Right. You know, anyway. Yeah. This, that's, one that's of the problem. applications of the incarnation is that gift giving is a requirement for Christians. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Here I stand. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I think when you, that your last statement there really does, I think, um, reveal to us the heart of the incarnation is that god is earthy <laughs> uh, right i mean god this is his was, thing this yeah exactly this is his this is his world you know one of the one of my favorite things that doug wilson has said um uh before is creation is not god's vietnam <laughs> right. god's not uh leaving creation to uh you know uh to to just obliterate no he He's redeeming it, and the way that he is redeeming it is by be, by coming into it um, and forever uniting himself to it mm -hmm. uh, by taking on human nature, um, and 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 that is he Christ will never shed his humanity. Um, he will forever be the God Man. He will forever be one person in two natures, um, and that is that is forever. Um, and so there, there is a uh, eternal joining and uniting of of humanity to God that can never be dissolved. It can never it can never be broken. Um, right. And the incarnation does this. Um, and so, yeah, you guys hit a lot of good things on Gnosticism. One one predominant uh, way that we see Gnosticism today uh, is within the whole LGBTQ plus movement um particularly mm -hmm. transgenderism it, it is inherently gnostic right. um this idea that you know my 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 brain or my inner being says i'm one thing but my body says i'm something else and so i'm going to disregard what my body says and i'm going to listen to what my inner being my my inner spiritual like what what my brain or my inner being says um that's that's completely and utterly gnostic mm. um and so yeah what, what the incarnation does um is it reminds us that the antithesis that is there um isn't between 
uh, the world, material things um, being bad and spiritual being good. No, the antithesis is sin. Right. It's, it's that's where it always is. And so in Colossians, you know, when you have Paul dealing with uh, asceticism and, and various forms of ascetic practices, that's what that's what Paul's getting at here is no, the, the issue is sin. Uh, the issue isn't your your flesh. The issue isn't your 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 skin and your <laughs> the issue is is the the, the sinfulness um, and, and what you're what you're doing there. Um, so yeah, you know, Jonah, to get back to what you said, the issue isn't alcohol. The issue isn't computer screens. The issue isn't being in this world. The issue is sin and what you can sinfully do with those things. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. When C.S. Lewis, I forget, was it in mere Christianity? And he says, you know, something like I'm paraphrasing and I'm probably getting it wrong. But he talks about the goodness of God's created world and and everything being a gift, right? So, you know, um, you wake up on Christmas morning and your Christmas tree was made by God's word and you tell him thanks right. for it. And then uh, the house you live in is a gift of God to you and you give him thanks for it. And the snow outside is a gift of God and you give him everything is a gift. But and then sin takes all of those gifts and denies the gift giver. And then twist those gifts into something wicked. Yep. And so the problem isn't the gift. The problem isn't the gift giver. The problem is our, our lack of gratitude. <laughs> and, yeah. And that, that's the same thing with, with all of these aspects of what people think of as wicked things in this world. Um, you, remember, you guys remember um, when Chesterton was asked by the Times to write an essay on what's wrong with the world? Do you remember what he wrote? No, no, I, I'm not aware. Two of words. He wrote two words. I am. Yeah. <laughs> right. So he, you know, he was a great, great Christian thinker, and he was asked to write an essay on what's wrong with this world, and his yeah. answer was himself. <laughs> right. There's nothing wrong with the world. The world is good. God called it very good. The thing that's wrong with it is my sinful heart. Right. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So Christmas, uh, the incarnation is a reminder of the goodness of God's gifts in a, a physical, physical gifts. Yeah, it's also good. No, you go ahead. Sorry. Well, another application in the same line of thinking is that the incarnation in Christmas is a, a remembrance of the supernatural. Uh, we, we live in a time because of the enlightenment and rationalism where the world's really become disenchanted. And, yeah. and this is sort of um, where we live in a mechanistic universe rather than a personal universe. And Christmas is a reaffirmation that uh, God is in control of the world and weird things happen. <laughs> 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 so d being enchanted, uh, for me, the incarnation in Christmas is a wonderful reminder in the time of the year. Uh, to come back to childlike faith. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. I like that. That's a good, that's great. That may be, that may be a good place to stop unless there's more comments. I know, I know we, we needed to cut it off at 1130, but that I've was got lots of wrap up. comments. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, we could go on forever on the internet. It's hard to, 
it's hard to stop once you start really thinking deeply about um about what it means that god became man and and um has forever uh united himself to humanity um and and just how glorious that is um so yeah yeah it's uh it's the moment when light came down into the darkness and changed everything yep and it, and I've usually every season I preach, we preach on Christmas and I'm always torn. Like what's the greater miracle, the incarnation or the resurrection? <laughs> it's kind of like it, what came first, yes. the chicken or the egg, you know? And, 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 and you know, the, the glory and you wonder of, and you marvel at both. Well, yes, I was going right. to say that the glory of the incarnation is, is that you don't have to choose because the one who became flesh is the one who died. <laughs> And yeah, and rose again. And one who raised from the dead, right? Like, yeah. um, so he he's always the incarnate one, um, and he's always the one who uh, will will forever be the God Man, um, in in that way. And yeah, you you don't have to pick and choose because it's all it's all the it's all the Word who became flesh who's doing it. It's a complete package. Yep. Exactly. All of Christ did what all of Christ did. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yep, good stuff. Very good. <laughs> yeah, well, brother, I think um, I think that's yeah, I think that's a good place to end. Um, all right. And, yeah. And, uh, Wonderful thoughts for meditation for this Christmas uh, this Christmas season. And I, I really like what you said about gift giving. I'm going to be preaching on that on Sunday, Jonah. Oh, good. So the how the importance of gift giving as well. So on this coming Sunday, which is Christmas Eve, and we're posting this tomorrow. For Friday, so, yeah. So but for you guys, so your listeners, listeners, we recorded this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> which is today. Wait. Which is today. Yeah. Technology and time travel. Mind blown. All right. All right. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, thanks again. That was wonderful. And uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Until next time. Yep. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy Sword and Song, please share and subscribe. We encourage you to send your comments and questions to swordandsong at protonmail.com. See you next time.